It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. I'm your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases, and it has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional election laws and city ordinances. I've also been honored to serve repeatedly as Superior Court Special Master. Office holders, lawyers, and activists appear on this show to explain the law and public policy that they initiate or oppose. Last week, I had Adam Verden on about his ideas to resolve conflicts between anti-dune buggy forces and the 2.3 million visitors who come use the Oceano Dunes State Recreations Vehicle Park. Then, Ben Heilig talked about the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association initiative to restore property owners' rights to pass to their children and grandchildren their Proposition 13 tax assessments. That, quote, end the death tax on family property initiative, end of quote, is gathering signatures now. If you missed last week's show, log into the podcast of the interviews at knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S-985.com. I'm pleased to chat in our first hour today with neighborhood advocate and member of Residents for Quality Neighborhoods, Kathy Walker, about taking on San Luis City Hall to stop the closing of Palm Street in a residential neighborhood to turn that street into a homeless encampment. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you for having me, Stu. I I think uh, if I can just read the headline of one of the stories that kind of got my attention, uh, it was from September 8th, the, the San Luis Tribune. The headline was, Slow Pulls Plug on Palm Street Parking Site. And uh, in an August article, they noted that um, the city council had had a whole bunch of people show up to object to a plan that the city had kind of sprung on folks uh, to close off part of Palm Street in order to move a whole homeless encampment onto the street. And so traffic would not be able to go through there. So many people showed up at the city council meeting that uh, the city council decided that they would try to explain that it was a staff proposal, as I recall. Is that right, Kathy? You know, I wasn't at that city council meeting. Okay. And, and as I understand it, that uh, homeless encampment that the city had set up over at the railroad parking area was going to be closed and uh, the proposal by staff was that there would be a roving encampment that would be placed in different neighborhoods around the city for a period of time 
until they could uh, identify churches and synagogues and other uh, private uh, places that would open up their parking lots for uh, homeless to stay in. Um, and as I understood it uh, from listening to some of the uh, folks who had been at the meeting and from reading the article in the Tribune that was in August, um, the city had simply uh, sent a few postcards to a few people and uh, suddenly uh, had, without much notice to anybody, uh, decided they were going to move all these folks to Palm Street and close the street down. So um, what the city council then did was, uh, so they didn't have to vote on it or put it on their agenda, they sent it to the Planning Commission, according to the Tribune. And um, now, is that when you got involved, when that uh, Planning Commission uh, meeting uh, was being uh, planned? And how, how did you learn about this program, Kathy? Well, I first heard about it on Nextdoor, one of the people affected by that over in the Palm Street District um, posted, Lynn Hamilton, she posted about what they were dealing with over there and that they were going to be closing down Palm Street and um, it it struck me as a little strange that they could close down a public road for the purposes of having a parking area for homeless overnight um, so I started to do a little bit of research. I wanted to find out why the parking program was closing at the railroad square. So I went back and looked at the planning commission and read the agenda correspondence from the people that were affected by that particular location. And there were some pretty horrific conditions that people described having to endure. What kind of conditions had they described? Um, well, Bethany Minor from Miners Hardware said that they had um, found people with needles in their arm in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. um, they'd had a huge increase in theft. They actually saw their stolen merchandise in the vehicles of the participants. They had um, prostitution. Uh, their employees were being propositioned by people in the mm -hmm. parking lot. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of other feces, urine, that sort of thing left behind. Because of that, was it the planning commission that was closing down that uh, particular site? It was the city. It, th that site was originated under an emergency order during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So the original plan for these parking locations came about because of the COVID-19 pandemic and being able to have an emergency shelter for the people living in their cars. Um, so Capslow then sort of ran with that ball. Capslow was, was slated to manage that program. The city paid them to mm -hmm, manage the program. Mm -hmm. Do you know how much the city had paid Capslow to manage that program? I read that they were being paid $65,000 a year to manage the rotating parking program. So mm -hmm. after, when they tried to make the, the site out at Railroad Square permanent, there was a backlash from miners and Del Monte Cafe and the railroad museum there. A lot of people came forward, other residents in offices nearby. Mm -hmm. And the city then decided to discontinue that site. And they looked for an alternate site. And apparently over the eight months that they looked, um, closing down Palm Street was the best solution that they came up with. 
that might not have been a good solution, but it was the one they came up with. Correct. Okay. I, I know some of the reaction I've heard from uh, other people who've heard about this is, why didn't they look at uh, the neighborhoods where the city council members lived first? But uh, what, what, uh, what did you do to respond to this? Well, first I started looking into um, what their justification was for closing down a road. And so I had to wait for the Planning Commission agenda report to come out to see how the city was justifying that. And in reading it, they cited a vehicle code, 21101, subsection E, that uh, says that the city, the public works director, can approve the temporary closure of streets when, in the opinion of that director, the closing is necessary for the safety and protection of persons persons who are to use that portion of the street. However, when I dug a little deeper, um, they left out a pertinent part of that vehicle code, which says that the closing of the street for the purposes of celebrations, parades, and local special events. So I thought that was a stretch to use it for um, closing it 12 hours a day over the course of four months for um, homeless to sleep. Mm -hmm. And, and not exactly a parade. No, <laughs> not really. The um, fascinating thing to me is uh, in 2012, when uh, I and actually our next guest, Mr. Rizzo, sued the city of San Luis Obispo uh, because of their uh, very cruel treatment of the homeless on Prado Road, you know, we brought to their attention that the vehicle code says that the streets belong to the people of the state of California. It's, it's right in vehicle code section 21 fairly early in the code. Um, and uh, the, the city's, city is limited in what it can do to regulate the streets. Uh, it has to be regulated pursuant to statute. So I'm surprised that uh, the city wasn't uh, more careful at this point in time about uh, looking at the actual statute, uh, which, which talks about parades, events, and, and what else? Um, celebrations, celebrations, and other purposes, which, according to, uh, so what I did at that point mm -hmm. was, and mm -hmm. and I agree, you know, I went and, and did some legal research, and it does say that the state has jurisdiction over the streets, except for some very le uh, narrowly construed areas, um, such as the temporary closure for. I think farmers market might might fall under that. That's scene. an event. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I found, I started uh, researching that vehicle code and some case law that might have to do with that vehicle code, and I found a case in Palm Springs where um, the appellate court actually went in and defined that statute to say that th the other purposes under, you know, other than the local special events, celebrations, and uh, parades, they have to relate back to those. So. And it has to be on a very temporary basis. Yes. Can you tell the uh, listeners about the Palm Springs event that they were closing the street for? Yeah. So the city of Palm Springs decided to erect a Marilyn Monroe statue that was pretty tall. And they closed the streets for three years in order to, um, I guess, work on the statue. <laughs> That's temporary. <laughs> and yeah, they were, they found, the appellate court said, well, three years isn't temporary. 
and it has to be a relatively short period of time. Yeah, yeah. What did you do once you'd uh, once you'd figured out that there was a legal issue? What did you do? I wrote a letter to the planning commission prior to their meeting on September sixth, and I said that the vehicle code section that the city was referring to in the agenda report, um, they left out a very important context um, of the celebrations, parades, special events, and other purposes. And then I cited the case law, the Palm, Palm Springs case, that said that they, they're overreaching by trying to, uh, like this art installation of Marilyn Monroe was an overreach. So certainly a homeless parking area would be an overreach as far as closing the streets. Folks, you're listening to Kathy Walker. She's a member of Residents for Quality Neighborhoods in the city of San Luis Obispo. And we're talking about how she was able to take on City Hall to basically back them up so they did not close off Palm Street in order to have it become a homeless encampment uh, right in the neighborhoods. So um, tell me, Kathy, you... you, uh, you looked at this and you sent that letter. What, what happened then? Well, I didn't get any response from the letter, but the day of the planned planning commission, um, there was a notification set out, sent out, or in the agenda correspondence, they posted a letter that said that Capslow had withdrawn their application. And, and they did it because... Because, let's see, the wording says, in the course of reviewing agenda correspondence related to this item, city staff was made aware of recent case law that casts doubt on the city's ability to temporarily close Palm Street pursuant to Vehicle Code Section 21101E to establish a safe parking location there. So that was the reason Capsule pulled out. Yeah, it is. And uh, this is a good example that if you write a good letter, it can have a real effect on public agencies and uh, and on the folks who are dealing with those public agencies. Essentially, Capslow didn't want to get caught in the middle of uh, another legal dispute concerning what the capacity was on the area that they were designated to manage. Is that is that oh, your interpretation? I, I believe so. I, I believe that's true. Um, when I was at the planning commission, I did get there early, and some of the planning commissioners came in, and they were fully, they were gung-ho about approving this. And, uh, in fact, some said to the city attorney, is there any way around this? You know, how can we do this? And she invited them to her office to speak about it in private. Well, now, there's a violation of the Brown Act. Oh, really? I mean, uh, did they go to her office to talk about it and then come back? Yes. Okay. So, um, whatever legal advisement that she was giving on the public's behalf wasn't available to the public, as I interpret that. She was acting on behalf of the city. Yeah, which which you're a member of. Yeah, it was before and, the. It was about mm-hmm. five or ten minutes before the meeting actually started. Ah, okay. So the, this was uh, that's interesting. There was no nothing on the agenda about a uh, a closed session to discuss potential litigation, was there? No, there was not. All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, our district attorney is overseas at the <laughs> moment, so 
if anyone wants to write a letter asking the district attorney to counsel the city of San Luis Obispo, uh, he has counseled some other agencies in this county about uh, holding serratum uh, violations of the Brown Act. Uh, But there we are. Well, folks, you're listening to Kathy Walker. She's a member of Residents for Quality Neighborhoods, a organization that has existed for about 35 years here and that has had a lot to do with making uh, San Luis Obispo a place that is sought after to live. Well, Kathy, how long have you uh, been a member of Residents for Quality Neighborhoods? Oh, boy, at least 10 years. Okay. And what are the kinds of things that Residents for Quality Neighborhoods have been working on with the city of San Luis Obispo? Well, from my perspective, my husband and I live on Frederick Street, so we're just a couple blocks from Cal Poly, and we've been impacted by a lot of the noise. Um, There's several fraternities on our street, that sort of thing. So um, they've helped us in addressing some of those issues, I guess. Mm also, uh, they well, we live Hathaway Alley's behind us, and when we first moved to the property, there was a lot of trash and um, filth in the in the alley, and they've helped to work with me and the city to get that cleaned up and to change some of the municipal codes so that the trash is brought in now and screened. Just basic, you know, livability and how. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the. Uh the, actually, the residents for quality neighborhoods are having their annual meeting tonight, aren't they? Yes, annual dinner. That's and, correct. And uh, that's going to be at Cafe Roma. Yep. And I believe the city manager is going to be there to speak. He is. There's always an interesting speaker every year. Yeah. And if folks want to get involved with residents for quality neighborhoods, the uh, the website is rqn-slo.org. And uh, folks can join there. They can uh, find out what's going on in the city, and they can sign up for uh, the RQN newsletter. Um, Membership is $15 a year, which I think is a bargain. Oh, a very it, it hasn't been raised the entire time that the organization has uh, existed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's $15 a household. Right, right. So, some people kick in a little bit more. So when Lynn Hamilton came to us with the problem over on Palm Street, mm-hmm. she actually came to one of our meetings, and I was we were all able to help her to figure out how to move forward. And then I did this research for for the neighborhood and 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 just for the principal, I think, in general. Sure. Um, now, this is also a good illustration, I think, folks. Uh, if you're listening, uh, the law is not just for lawyers. Uh, the law is for everybody, and it can be. It can be looked up. Uh, there are ways to uh, search the internet. There, we have one of the finest law libraries on the Central Coast, right down at the courthouse, and uh, they're open at 8:30 every morning. Uh, unfortunately, they close on Thursdays and Fridays. I think now at uh, two, but uh, you can go down there if you want to look up something like uh, Kathy Walker looked up. Uh, Kathy, how were you able to access all this information? Actually, I just Googled it. Just Googled it. <laughs> it was pretty simple. Wow. And uh, 
so and so you can do legal research that way too true but if i wanted to get more in depth i could go to the law library and they have a very competent paralegal there that can help Mm -hmm. you walk through how to use the the computer and westlaw and all of those things Mm -hmm. to get the information you need and they have a really good subscription i uh you know it's one to be envied it's the one the judges use by the way so um well now that now that the uh planning what happened at the planning commission uh once they had gone off into the back room before the meeting and talked to uh the city attorney the, that the ones w- that wanted to right that was one member um well once it started they listened to public comment and they had some really thoughtful ideas you know one made the comment it looks like the city's going for a three-pointer referring to basketball and that we just need a layup you know we just want to start this program off small and Mm -hmm. grow it so that it can be successful um there were some concerns made about what's going on at railroad square and how to mitigate some of those from having outside people come in um one member the chair recommended they have security at night at least people checking in on the site which capsule hasn't done you know certain so that was a recommendation to capsule yeah and also um one commissioner member recommended that the city get more behind this that they provide more funding and that they have more investment in this program in order for it to be a success and what was the response to those recommendations well, there really was no response. It wasn't an action item. It was mm-hmm. just informational. Okay. And um, uh, is there a next step that there is being taken that you could tell from going to the meeting? I believe that they're leaning on the faith organizations in, in San Luis Obispo, hoping that some will come forward and they can have at least six sites that they'll rotate throughout the city. Maybe, you know, two months at a time, something like that. I see. Okay. Uh, Do they talk about which sites they're looking at at this point? The only one that's been identified that I'm aware of is Slow Naz on Johnson Avenue. Oh, the, the Nazarene Church yeah. on Johnson, sure. Yeah, they have a very large set of parking lots there. Right, and they're talking about using that upper parking lot. All right, well, folks, you're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host. We're talking with Kathy Walker, a member of residents for quality neighborhoods. Stay tuned after this news break. We're going to have a lot more.